Whenever we come to church, God wants to move in our lives. And even though we cannot see Him, He's all around us. He's with us. He's close to us. He's here right now at church. He's with us when we drive home in the car. He can be with us in our kitchen, our living room. God is, uh, space cannot define Him. He can meet anyone, anywhere at all the time. As people pray in the Ukraine right now, God hears their prayers and can meet their situations. As we pray right now in far north Queensland, Australia, we can pray and God can hear us and move in our situations. He, there's no time or distance separation for God. The Bible says that this word, it says that God is omnipresent, which means that He can be everywhere at once all the time with full attention. Isn't that amazing that a Kenneth can be praying and I can be praying and Matt can be praying and Gary can be praying and Kirsten can be praying and God has the capacity in His bigness, size and phenomenal <laughs> that we can all be praying and praying intently in great detail and God can listen intently and answer back in detail with clarity for us. It's amazing when you begin to think about it. And so I trust tonight as we come to church that you've come brought faith on the inside for what God wants to do in your life. If you're new here tonight, get ready because God is up to something in your life. Some people have been, uh, yeah, He's up to something in your life. It's so wonderful. It's so good. He, he brings healing and deliverance and hope and direction to our lives. And as the more you walk with God, who knows, you find that more and more and more. Tonight I want to preach a message. If you've got your Bibles, come with me quickly to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 11, pardon me. It's where we've been looking at a little bit over the last couple of weeks. And it's just hearing so many great testimonies about how many people felt that the message was so timely for them in this hour. And it was what they needed to hear for the week. One of the things that Pastor Stuart and Jane, our senior pastors, are passionate about is a now message for our church. That Sometimes people say, they come and they say, I feel like I needed to hear that tonight. I feel like that was time and place where it was more than just a good pastoral message. It was God loving me through the Scripture. That's how He works and that's what He does. And tonight I want to preach a message entitled, Faith to Rest. Faith to rest. And I want to talk about how to find rest in drama, how to find rest in chaos, and how to find rest in God, to walk with God, to bring change, but not out of a striving or a drivenness or an anxiety, but in rest. Faith in rest. As we read the Bible, the Bible talks about how God in this time and in this hour wants to clothe us with power. The Bible talks about how He, when we're weak, He wants to make us strength, strong. The Bible talks about how there will be trouble in the world, but the Bible says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus talking there. He says there'll be wars and rumours of wars, but, but we as Christians don't need to be afraid. We need to learn how to pray and hear from God in this hour and in this time. And, and so whatever we're, moment we're in, there's hope. There's hope. There's hope, and I can see that even in believers in the Ukraine as we get videos back and watch people that these people are praying. In fact, they're dancing, they're shouting, they're rejoicing because they know how to find hope beyond the circumstance. And that's what we have tonight. That's, I didn't come to church to sing songs because I like singing. I came to church because as I sing these songs, I'm connecting with a living Savior who is my hope. He's my hope. Even when the world turns against me, people say things about me that, that are not. I have this hope on the inside that I can hold on to, and so can you. So can you. And so there's this rest, faith 
in rest, rest in our faith. In Hebrews 11, chapter 3, we talked about it last week, just to do a quick recap. It says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. God spoke the whole world into existence. Come on, the oceans, the rivers, the mountains, the sun, the the solar system. He spoke it into existence. So that the things which are seen, the things that we can hold, touch, know, these bugs that are everywhere in far north Queensland right now. (laughs) We're not, (laughs) that's so funny. They're everywhere, aren't they? Man, poor, poor Daryl this week cleaning our lobby. Hundreds of bugs every day. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Anyway, let's get back to the message. Man, I don't like bugs. Anyone with me? I don't like cockroaches. Oh. <laughs> so that the things which were seen were not made visible... Sorry, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. So our world was created by God who lives in the unseen world, who spoke the world into existence. And so God does everything by faith. He is a God of faith. The Bible in verse, 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the, evidence, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. For By it, the elders obtained a good testimony. It's the substance of things that I'm hoping for, the evidence, the tangible evidence of things that can't be seen yet. And so we live out of hope. If we want to look at someone who exercised hope, a faith in their life, it would be Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I mean, you can't read through the Gospels and not see the resurrection faith of Jesus that walks into terrible, terrible situations and people leave rejoicing. Sick people, tormented people, hopeless people meet a living Savior, Jesus Christ, who acted in faith and saw situations change. Jesus. And so let's look at Jesus tonight. Let's look in the Gospels. We need more of the Gospel in the church in this hour. Come on. We need to read these Gospels again and let faith build in our lives. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35 is where we're going. I'll let people turn there, reading about Jesus' ministry. Jesus was 30 years old when He began His ministry. So He was as old as I am right now. That means that potentially some of the disciples were younger than Jesus. So come on, 25-year-olds. <laughs> but good news for people. Abraham, what was he, 70 or 80 years old when God spoke to him about being father of a nation and blessing him everywhere that he went. So you're never too young and you're never too old for God to do something great in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so watch out. Mark chapter 4 verse 35 it says this on the same day when evening had come he said to them let us cross over to the other side when they have left the multitude they took him along in the boat and he was another little boats were also with them and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling 
But he was in the stern asleep, talking about Jesus, on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind and the seas, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have... What does your Bible say? No faith. Where is your faith? And they feed exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Whenever Jesus lived his life, he wasn't pushed around. He wasn't a man pleaser. Jesus was living for the audience of one. He was living for God. He was God teaching us how to walk in relationship with God. And so when we look at Jesus' life, we see an example of how to do life well. Jesus had a lot of pressure on him. There was expectations of what people thought he should be, what he could be, the king of the land, and he was born in a stable. The list goes on. But Jesus wasn't living for the applause of man. He was living for the pleasing God. And today, if you're going to find faith and rest, you need to let stop trying to please other people and you need to learn how to please God. You need to live in a place where you say, God, I'm not trying to please man. I am trying to please God with my life. And sometimes that people pleasing can creep around you. That insecurity can creep around you. But if you'll read the gospel stories, you'll see time and time again, uh, Jesus Christ, who was not intimidated by what other people thought, but just said, God, wherever you want me to be, I'll be. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. And that's how Jesus began to live his life. And so when Jesus says, let us cross over to the other side, Jesus had a confidence because he knew that one day he would die on the cross and rise again. So he knew that death wouldn't take him out prematurely because he knew that he had a purpose for his life. He knew that his life would not end on the boat on that day because God had a bigger purpose for his life. And you see, this is why we as a church, we talk about visions and dreams the Bible talks about. Because when God puts a vision and a dream inside of you, there'll be things that will be opposition to you that will try and shut you down. But if the vision and the dream is big enough on the inside of you, you won't let it kill you and suffocate you and tear you away from God's purpose and potential for your future. You'll rise above, you'll lift above because you knew. And so Jesus, you see, he was crossed to the other side and he lived in a place of rest because he knew God's purpose for his life. And so as we look around the world today, God is wanting to use you to do something great. When we pray for the Ukraine, the Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars, so we shouldn't be surprised that these sort of things are happening, but we have a confidence that God is with the Christians in that place. God is with the Christians. He's with the pastors in the Ukraine right now. So can we pray, God, stop the war? Maybe, but the Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars. But can we pray for believers who God can use in that land in this time to bring people to Him that even if they die tomorrow, their eternity is safe, their confidence is heaven. And so so even, what does the Bible say? Death, where is your sting? The sting is gone because heaven is their eternal home. When you read through uh, history, you see at different times and in the Bible, people who were killed for their faith. In fact, Peter, who was a great man of of the Bible, a great man, I I believe it was Peter, wasn't he? He was crucified upside down. That's pretty intense, if you know what I'm talking about. The reason he was crucified upside down is because he didn't want to be killed in the same way as Jesus. (laughs) 
that's, that's strong. But there's so many accounts of people who, who were killed for their faith, but you know how they went out by fire and by all these sort of things, but you know how they went out singing and rejoicing. Singing and rejoicing. Why? Because they realized that life here on earth is so short, but what comes after it is so much more important, and that is your eternity, where you will spend the rest of your life. Heaven was designed for you. Heaven was designed for you. Heaven, someone needs to hear this right at the back. Come on. Heaven was designed for you. Come on, when God by faith created the worlds, heaven and earth, He designed heaven. Woo! And so, so hell was never made for people. People choose hell when they don't choose Jesus. But through the sacrifice of what Jesus did on the cross, no matter your history, your circumstance, or your past, if you will put your faith in Jesus Christ, return from your old ways, turn to Christ, put your faith in Him, you can leave this room tonight with a great confidence on the inside that heaven is your home. Heaven is your home. Come on, Christian, where are you going when you die? You don't seem too sure. I'm a bit concerned. We're going to have an altar call for every single person in this church. Come on, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you passed away tonight, where would you go? Come on, if you were riding your bicycle home, which I'm not, and you got hit by a car, where would you go? Heaven. That's right. If tomorrow is the last day you ever live, where would you go? And that's got to build on the inside of you to believe and have that confidence. And if you're not sure of that confidence, we're going to pray for you at the end of tonight. We're going to believe God for you. Maybe a friend invited you and you didn't expect to. I don't know if I want the whole church to pray for me. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because the Bible says that that process will be like this. You'll be born again. And a whole new life will begin. And no longer will you be living for the things of earth, the things that the Bible says, where moth and rust can steal. But you'll start living your life for eternity. It'll be wonderful. It'll be so holy and so exciting. (laughs) So big, watch out. And so Jesus had a confidence that when he was crossing to the other side, that that wasn't the end of his story. That wasn't the end of his ministry. But there was more. And here he was with his disciples, the people that he was training up for ministry, the people he was training up that when he would left, they would continue. And the Bible talks about as many as you know, that there was a storm that arose and these disciples became afraid. But what was Jesus doing? Sleeping. Sleeping. Isn't that interesting? When everyone else was scared, what was Jesus doing? (laughs) You see... When you start to live in faith, when you start to walk with God, when you start to read the Scriptures and find out God's purpose for your life and pray through things, then what you'll do is you'll come to a point in prayer where you'll find that you have the breakthrough. You'll find that somehow on the inside, you've risen above the circumstance and the situation. You've lifted above and there's a safe place of rest. There's a... There's a place beyond the battle that's a place of rest. And so, so when we pray for people in a hospital, what do we do? We go down there. What does the Bible say about praying for sick people? Lay hands, lay hands on the sick and what will happen? They'll recover. They'll come good. So do, do I see that every single time I pray for sick people? No. But I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep believing. 
And so what I do is when I go into that hospital room, what you've got to do is you've got to walk in with faith. My dad always taught me when you go into a hospital room to pray for someone, don't talk for a long time before you pray for them. Don't let the, the heaviness that's in that room or the heaviness that's on them get around you. Just walk in quickly, say good day, be smiley. And while that faith's on you, pray for them. That's what he taught me. Just while you're strong, pray for them. And what you do is you pray for them. And as you're praying for them, you wait on God. This is quite deep. Is this all right? What you do is you pray for them and you pray and you pray, God, you're doing a miracle. Lord, these hands are healing hands. These hands are the hands of Jesus. And as I pray for this person, the Bible tells me that sickness and cancer, come on, disease and all these things has to leave their life. And I begin to pray for them. And I stay and pray until I feel the peace and the goodness of God enter the room and we've prayed long enough. And so I don't even look at the circumstances or if that person's recovered or if they're better or if everything's changed. I just pray until I find that place of faith rest on the inside that the work has been done. The work has been done. You know, if someone has a devil on the inside of them, which can happen from time to time, how do you know that they're tormented on the inside? Someone's got a devil on the inside. After you cast the devil out, you never ask them how they're feeling. How are you feeling? How do you feel? No, you don't ask them how they're feeling. No, 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 no. What you do is you believe that devil's gone by faith and it's not coming back. And so that person then doesn't, it's not about feeling. It's about what's happened, happened. Right? And so, so as a Christian, you have to learn how to stay in that place of rest for your life and, and not be pushed around by the circumstances. And the Bible says that Jesus arose from his sleep and it's, he says, he spoke to the storm and said, peace be still. We've talked about this so many times at Freshwater Church, but come on over your life. Sometimes what you have to do is you have to rise up and say enough's enough in this circumstance. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. And that's where intellect goes so far, but there's got to be a faith muscle on the inside of you that can believe God who comes from the unseen world, your relationship with God, your connection with God, your, your strength with God that comes from that place that you cannot see God. But as I declare this by faith, something's going to change right now. And so you, you speak that out into the atmosphere and then you wait to watch what see what God does. And so Jesus learned how to speak and say, peace be still. So many times we're praying to God, God, fix this, fix this. And Jesus is saying to us, would you rise up in the faith that I've given you and speak to the situation and say, peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. It's so important for us to do this in our lives. Because when we live in that place, there's a strength. You see, faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the more it grows. The more you, and if you don't use it, what happens? You lose it. <laughs> but when you use that faith on the inside, it grows and it strengthens in your life for what God wants you to do. So what situations in your life are you tolerating that God is saying to you, stand up and rise up and deal with it? What things are you tolerating that God is saying, come on, peace be still. It's time. Jesus says to these disciples, he says to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? In Matthew, when it talks about this scripture, Jesus it says it like this. Jesus says, where is your faith? Where is your faith? And you can beat yourself up about it. Where is my faith? But, but right now, today is an opportunity to begin to walk in faith. 
Right now is an opportunity to begin to walk in faith. Right now, here in a moment when we pray, is an opportunity for you to exercise and grow that faith muscle. Right now, Hebrews 11 verse 1, you don't have to turn there for time. But it's interesting that, that the first word of Hebrews 11.1 1 is not faith. What's the word? Now. now faith. What does that teach you about faith? You don't need faith tomorrow or next week. You need faith now. And faith has this edge and this element in your life that you have to learn how to not have faith next week. You have to learn how to exercise faith today, right now, right now. And what you'll find is that you'll discover, A, how strong your faith is, and you'll also discover how much unbelief has been around your life. You go to pray for a work colleague. You ever been there? Oh, what if nothing happens? What if this happens? What if this? All those things. It shows you, right? It shows you, right? But what do you do? You don't beat yourself up. What you do is you get home and you say, oh, there was a bit of unbelief around my life. I could feel that. I could feel that unbelief around my life. God, I break that off my life right now. I break that off my life. I am going to believe God. So tomorrow when I go to work, I'm going to have more faith than I had today. And, and so I'm going to learn how to, to break through. And, and some people say, oh, you just make it. No, no, no. There is faith and there is unbelief. There is faith and there is unbelief. There was a man that Jesus talked to once and, and, and the man said, Jesus, I have faith, but help me with my unbelief. Sometimes it's not a matter. Yes, I believe God heals. Yes, I can believe God can do things. But there's this thing called unbelief that wants to creep around your life. And as you walk with God, as you learn to pray, you will discover how to break off unbelief around your life. And as you break off unbelief, you'll begin to realize that right beyond your unbelief is an encounter with God a miracle, something that can change in the situations if you learn how to break through in that way. In that way. It's pretty wonderful, isn't it? It's pretty exciting. Thank you, God. And so we learn how to walk like that in, yeah, thank you, God. God's just helping people today. Come on, there's someone here and you've been struggling with unbelief. Come on. You've been struggling with unbelief. But tonight, come on, there's freedom for you right now. Come on, right now, that unbelief that's been around your life. I'm talking about speaking to circumstances and situations and you want to rise up, but come on, unbelief is shutting you down right now. Come on, right now, just, just delete that unbelief out of your life. Come on, delete that unbelief out of your mind. Delete that unbelief out of your future. Come on, delete that unbelief out of your circumstance. Come on, delete it right now. Say, I am tired of living in unbelief. This is where the disciples were. They were stuck. They were trapped in unbelief. But Jesus said, come on, on, do not be afraid. Where is your faith? Where is your faith right now? Come on. We are a church who knows time and time again how to step into faith and see the miracle power of God moving and ministering in our services, moving and ministering in our lives. Come on, right now, God is bigger than drugs. Come on, right now, God is bigger than alcohol. Come on, right now, God is bigger than tormenting of mind. Come on, right now, God is ba- bigger than any lower back issue right now. Come on, God is bigger. Come on, than every situation that could push against you. Come on, God is stronger than the war in the Ukraine right now. Come on. And, 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 and that's right. That's it. That's it. God is bigger than tonsillitis. <laughs> Come on. He's bigger than skin infections. Come on. He's, he's greater than, than circumstances that would push against us. He's, he's greater right now. He's bigger 
than those things that push against our lives. And so God, right now, right now as a church, I I just believe, God, we believe, but help us with our unbelief. Help us with our unbelief. Help us those times when we pray for our family and we think, oh, God, let it break off our mind tonight. Let it break off our thinking tonight. Let it shift our lives into godliness and faith and the atmosphere of heaven, of heaven, of heaven. Yeah. Jesus, you came from heaven to earth. 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 That's who you are. And so God, right now, right now, come on, just in your own prayer right now, God is helping us. Thank you, God. Let faith rise and unbelief be silenced. Come on, that's it. Come on, let it go today. Come on, let it go today. Come on, all that unbelief. I just know God's ministering to people right now. Come on, He's helping you to get over unbelief around your mind. Come on, is God really there? Does God really love me? Did God really say, break that off in the name of Jesus Christ? Come on, is that possible for God? Yes, it is possible for God. I break it off today. Smallness of thinking. He came from the kingdom of heaven to earth. Kingdom of heaven to earth today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful God. Wonderful God. Come on, that's it. That's it. Come on, if you if you need faith to increase in your life, stand to your feet right now. Come on, you're saying, God, I, I, I want faith to build in my life. Faith to build for miracles. Faith to build for people to be set free. Faith to build for when I walk into hospital rooms, situations and circumstances to change. Come on, I, I need the faith that comes from God. How do I get faith? The Word says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So tonight, as I've heard about Jesus, as I've heard about Jesus, and even as God speaks to me right now in this very room. Faith is building on the inside. Faith is increasing on the inside.